Every day, I am getting one step closer to having another healthy baby, and Caraway Home is helping me do that. Their ceramic, naturally slick surface cookware allows you to cook with minimal butter. Uh, they're very easy to clean, just a little warm water, you wipe it down. And the best part is, is that Caraway products are made without any toxic materials like BFASs, BTFEs, and a bunch of other things like I can't even pronounce. So you don't have to worry about that. Um, right now, visit Caraway wayhome.com slash TSFS to take advantage of this limited time offer for 10% off your next purchase. This deal is exclusive to my Sarah Fraser Show listeners. So visit carawayhome.com slash TSFS or use code TSFS at checkout. Caraway, non-toxic cookware made modern. It's time for you to see what all the fuss is about, read about their five-star reviews and why so many TSFS fans buy Caraway Home. Order now. Making everyone happy on vacation isn't easy, but you know what is? Going to Aruba. All you have to do is walk out your door to find pristine pools, relaxing white sand beaches, and an island teeming with outdoor activities that'll put a smile on any face. You won't just feel great, you'll all feel great, filled with a calmer, more peaceful vibe that radiates Aruba's warmth. And the best part is, it never fades. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your family trip at aruba.com. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. What's up, cheese your lot is fork today. Ooh. All right, yeah. Ooh. What's up? What's Still up? Down. What's How are up? How you feeling? I'm feeling great, and by great, I mean like a piece of. <laughs> you know, let me just play this real yeah. fast, just to get it out of the way. This is a statement intended to specify or delimit the scope of rights and obligations that may be exercised and enforced by parties in a legally recognized relationship. Wait, what? This is your disclaimer. The Hey Frage podcast may not be suitable for all ears. Oh. See? Oh. Um, no, oh. I'm fine. I just got one of those basic like cold things, you know. I get. I feel like I either get one at the beginning of the season, or okay. at the end, like at the, the beginning of winter, or at the end of winter. Once it really starts to like change, I'll get really sick for like four or five days, and that's it. I know. And also, the issue is, like any other guy that you know, Sarah, I refuse to take medication. Well, I consider I don't know it me why. versus nature. You know what I mean? It's like the, it's a, the most manly thing that you can do is to sit there and to fight a disease yourself. You know hey. what I mean? That's almost as manly as like doing wainscoting. <laughs> I don't know why you wouldn't just give in to take the medication when you know it'll help you feel better because you don't get sick that yeah, often. Yeah, but I think it's this thing that you know. I look at it and I realize that my you know my immune system is that's honestly all you've got as a human being, right? 
Uh, okay. Like, you know, okay. like your immune system, without your immune system, you're dead. Like, you would okay. literally die immediately. Okay. That's true. And so, the more medication you take, I feel like it's almost like putting, you know, pads on my immune system, you know? So, I'm giving it pads. I'm giving it knee pads, shoulder pads, a helmet. But the problem is, though, one day, those pads aren't able to help it. You know what I mean? So I'm trying to get the strongest immune system ever. I'm trying to create a rugby player of an immune system as opposed to, like, some wussy professional football player. <laughs> okay, I got it. You know it. what I mean? Like, so they can actually take a hit. So I refuse to take, like, basic meds. Like, I won't take Advil if I have a headache. I'll truck on through. If I have, like, a cold, I don't do This is the first time in probably 10 years I've taken anything, and I took an Alka-Seltzer. What does Alka-Seltzer do for a cold? I guess there's, like, an Alka-Seltzer cold one that they have. Oh. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, I don't know if you're up for this or not, but um, I started taking a probiotic, and one of the side Anally? effects... No. Oh. Um, orally. Okay. And one of the side effects, or benefits, if you will, of a probiotic is it's supposed to ward off cough, like colds, coughs, sinus infections. So people who take... You should Google this. So then you won't feel like you're taking medication. You're just getting like an immune booster. And you're tummy sensitive, too. You're still taking medication, Sarah. No matter what they call it, it's still a pill that's going in your system that is adding nutrients to your body or adding something, some chemical to your body to counteract what it naturally does. Okay. See, this is the problem. One day you're going to stop taking your probiotics and you're literally going to shrivel up into a raisin. <laughs> Because your body's not going to know how to function. <laughs> well, just a suggestion for you. You no. might feel even better. Like, the tummy, you could become ironclad, plus no colds and sinuses. I'm t- I already feel like, okay, this may be TMI, but I don't care because people complain that you don't share enough information sometimes. So I'm going to share it for you. Okay. okay. I know I'm getting over it. Like, I know I'm like, I've hit that You're on point. the tail end. I'm on the tail end right now because, you know, at the tail end of a sickness, when you just literally just start shitting it all out, <laughs> you know, it's just there and you're like, oh God. And you just like, you know, you, you can feel it. Like, you can just feel all that bacteria coming out with it. You go, it's I'm good. good. You're good. You're oh, in there. After number three today, I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm good. I'll feel, I'll feel great by tomorrow. <laughs> all right, good. Well, we're glad that you're almost back up to speed. Yeah. Um, welcome to the Hey Frage podcast. We are your hosts, Sarah Frazier and Sammy Kay. By the way, this podcast is on iTunes, podcastone.com. Hopefully, you've already downloaded the podcastone.com app, but please do. Um, or if you listen to us through iTunes, leave us a review today. That would be amazing. A little, mm-hmm. a little giving Wednesday, if you will. Giving whatever. Wasn't it supposed to be Tuesday? It was Giving Tuesday. And I was like, did, did you did you participate, by the way, in Giving Tuesday? Yeah, I gave someone a cold yesterday. <laughs> I gave a bunch of people a cold. I definitely sneezed in a couple elevators. So. Did you, I feel like awful. It's one of those trends where everybody on Instagram, everybody on Facebook, I think I'm the only person that didn't really participate in Giving Tuesday. Well, you mean you didn't post a fake thing about you giving on Tuesday and not actually give on Tuesday? You think it's like the ALS challenge where everyone was like, I did it but never donated any money? And then they're going to the ones that sat there and did nothing are the ones they're like, yeah, but look at what it did. It actually helped. Be like, no, it didn't. Shut up. By the way, I was one of those people. We did the ALS challenge when we were at 107.3 at the radio station, but I don't think we ever gave any money. Wow. Wow. <laughs> right? I don't think. I can't remember. Did we? I did we have like a did. page yeah, set I, up I thought, on the website? I thought, I thought Cumulus did. I don't know. I don't remember. I mean, if not, I'm just going to blame Cumulus for it anyway. So Cumulus didn't give any money. <laughs> Well, it was their idea. I mean, it was like, hey, guys, we got to get involved with this ALS Ice Bucket Challenge. Everyone's doing it. Everyone's doing it. It's going to be so viral. It's what happens when you work at a corporation. You have to participate in all that, even though you don't ever send the money. Yeah, because they go, hey, someone else is already doing this. Let's just do it, too. That way. We'll get all the credit. We'll get all the credit. Anyway, so uh, I did not participate in Giving Tuesday yesterday. Sorry. But for anybody that actually did and gave things, that's awesome. And I think it's great. I, and I try to give year-round and then hopefully not always tell people. I don't know. 
Yeah, but then you gave on Giving Tuesday, then you're realizing that by the next Wednesday, like, shit, my uncle would have definitely taken that as a gift. I could have saved myself 15 bucks. Uh, Anyhow, uh, lots to get to on the show today. Um, I want to tell you, this guy gave up um, dating, and he says that he's found the next best thing. So I want you to read this article. No, it's not selfie selfie time. Did I do? Did I say yes, anything, you Sarah? Did. did I say anything? Okay, you forget sometimes this is a podcast, so they can't hear what my hands do. We're filming. Someone is going to eventually see this archive, and they're going to go, "Oh, hey, your selfie selfie time." That's they didn't not know. What this they didn't know. Did. How do they know? I just wasn't shaking out my hand. Maybe my hand was falling asleep, and I just was shaking it out this way. No, people know. Um, but anyway, I want to read this article to you that this guy wrote about how giving up dating. This is the best thing that's ever happened. To him and he's traded in for this, and I want to see if you okay. you think. The other thing is, you know, I sent you the prep last night, but I'm hoping you didn't read this story, because there's three questions that will apparently determine if you have a mastermind IQ. You're in luck, Sarah. I did not read your prep last night. Good! Okay, well, if there's anybody on this show that might have a mastermind IQ, it probably is you, and I'm dying to test it. He's had no preparation for this, and I want to see if you can get these three right. Okay. And then, also, have you heard of scatter gardens? Because this is a big topic locally. Like scatter Categories, but with gardens? No, a scatter garden is essentially a public garden, but where you scatter people's ashes who have passed away. Oh, God, okay. <laughs> well, it's very controversial. Because here's the thing you know, we podcast from D.C., so this is something that's happening in the suburbs in Maryland, in Tacoma Park, Maryland, this little city. I don't know if you call it a city, little yeah. town. Um, but it's very controversial, and I want to get your take on that. So, all that to get to. Boom. A lot of people uh, emailed, tweeting us yesterday. Um, I got a tweet saying, hey, Sarah, did you realize that Beaches, if you listened to the show last week, you know that Wind Beneath My Wings, that which was a Bette Midler song mm-hmm. from the movie Beaches, which Sammy has never seen the movie, but it's like one of the best movies of all time. Well, Sarah, oh wasn't God. it originally released on Lifetime, and now it's being re-released on Lifetime? Like no, it, Beaches was like a legit movie. Yeah, that probably replayed on Lifetime a million times. No, um... By the way, Kat Bell is the one who tweeted me this, and she tweeted us the link. So Beaches, the movie, is getting a redo, which I believe this one is going to be on Lifetime. It is on Lifetime. Lifetime released a trailer for its Beaches remake on Monday. Right, with Adina Menzel. So take a listen to this, and uh, let's see what you think. must have been cold there in my shadow. Oh, my God. One of the best songs. So good. never have some Dina Menzel sucks, huh? <laughs> you were content to let me shine. This is a horrible remake. I'm so I'm confused. What's the movie about? Because they're just holding these random babies and looking at other babies. No, one of them has a baby. One of them has a daughter. Yeah. Wait, does she die? Was that what happened? Spoiler alert! I'm not gonna watch the movie anyway. Does she? Okay, I'm just gonna look it up on Wikipedia. Then, if you're not gonna tell me, I'll tell tell everybody. I was just listening to the song to see if I liked it. No, nowhere near Ben Miller. It's about two friends. Hillary, we are not gonna give up. I'm still confused, Sarah. Okay, here's it. This is what it's about. The yeah. original one, and I'm sure the remake will be very similar, is about two girlfriends. They grow, they meet, grow they, up together. They grow up together. Okay. One of them has aspirations to become famous, a famous singer, right? That was mm-hmm. Bette Midler's character. And her okay. other friend is, you know, there to support her and kind of like behind the scenes and it just has like a, you know, just has a job, right? Yeah. 
Bette Midler's character becomes famous, but as she's becoming famous, her good best friend um, has a baby, but then gets terminal cancer. So it's like the saddest story. And essentially, you know, they grew apart for a little bit because Bette becomes super famous, but they come back to each other as she's dying, and then the dying friend says, I want you to take care of my kid, and, and you know, then she realizes how much, like, their friendship helped her succeed, and, you know, it's very sad. Great, so I don't have to watch anymore. <laughs> there you go. That's about the whole movie. Fantastic. So Thank you, you for saving me two hours of my life. I appreciate it. But it's about the music, too. The soundtrack was huge. And by the way, Adina Menzel is nowhere close to it. I was going to say, if that's the soundtrack, Sarah, wow, this is going to be up in there. Uh, it's not going to be nearly as good. No, so anyway, thank you for that. Um, I'll probably watch a little bit of it, but I don't think anyone can. You can't save the original, by the way. Um, have you seen the artist in Florida who is now putting signs in dog turd about Donald Trump, a Florida artist that puts Trump picture and, and quotes on dog poop? I mean, that's fantastic <laughs> if you can actually, like, is he drawing, he's drawing them on the dog turds, no, right? No, no, he's putting them little signs, like a little toothpick like a little sign, sign into a turd. Okay. <laughs> okay. What's wrong with that? Oh, my God. I think it's hysterical. It's an installation inspired by the results of the presidential election. Titled Pieces of Tr- pieces of Trump. So no, instead of Pieces of Shit, it's called Pieces of Trump. Okay, okay. The Miami-based artist's name is Alan Adler, and he takes photographs of the president-elect Donald Trump along with printouts or quotes that he isn't known to have said, and then will stick them or attach them to a pile of dog poo. All right, so he's doing a little. Hold on, hold on. He's doing a double thing there. It's a political. It's a political art. Plus, he's teaching people to clean up after their animals. Well, you know, that's my question: Is are you finding a lot of dog poop? Because seems like most people really. You have a dog, so do people still not clean up? Are you kidding me, Sarah? Every day I see this lane. I I saw one in the middle of the sidewalk yesterday. I was like, "There's no way you didn't see your dog take a dump in the middle of the sidewalk." They didn't even attempt to clean it up. It's there, and like, like, oh my god, yeah. Really? Yeah. I would have thought everyone here in the city would be so socially conscious. Oh, no. The second they don't see anyone else around, they let it happen because they don't want to carry it down the block. Uh, He says, by the way, it's definitely not fine art. Adler is offering a to-do-yourself kit on uh, his website, the Doggy Doo-Doo kit, which will actually help other amateur artists. I don't know how you need help, really, but he will send you some of Trump's quotes and then how to put them together so you can also stick them in dog poop across the country if you'd like. That's great. He's starting a movement so that way people will clean up after their dogs. If you love your country and you love your president, then you will clean up after your dogs, is what he's trying to say. Or do you think this sparks people to go the other way, where they, like, then they want their dog to poop even more because they're Trump supporters? Well, it depends, Sarah, how many people did... I mean, everyone knows that Trump won the popular... Ooh... Yeah, that's a sore subject. Uh, sore subject. Sore subject. Yeah, probably very sore. But no, anyway... I don't... The- look, I... Whatever. You... I think that if you're going to put yourself in the political eye like this, your people are going to make fun of you. When Obama was there, he got put through the ringer day in and day out for eight years. You're like, people are going to make fun of Trump. You know, it's going it's to be when Bush was president, they made fun of him every day. That's for true. For eight years, every day they made fun of him. It's true. Um, yeah, they did. And now people are wishing that George W. Bush was back. Which is something That's, I never thought I'd hear. Right, I know, exactly, right? That's what happens. Wow. Um, so a guy has written a blog post where he says that other men he's encouraging. And I want, I want to ask you about this because I found many aspects of this little article to be fascinating. Um, he says that he stopped dating because he found the next best thing. And he says that dating has become so competitive from a guy's perspective. So he mm-hmm. says that other men basically cannibalize other men in the dating process. That it's so toxic now, it's not even worth participating. And you were single. 
single for a long time. Did you find that? Did you find that your other guy friends would come in, swoop in, and either cock block you or really make it difficult for you to date? Uh, not in that sense. I guess like it's not like they would sit there and see block. But I think what he's trying to say is that sometimes compared to the other men and what they're doing to date. It makes what you're doing seem insignificant. You know what I mean? Where no longer can you just be like, very rarely can you just go and be like, hey, let's grab a cup of coffee. When all of a sudden you find out that the other guy that she went on a date with three weeks ago, you know, took her out to Cirque du Soleil and then had a guy come to a handstand and feed her a bong shot. Like, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, it's so. And you go, how the fuck can I compete with that? Like, but I find this article. I have a great personality and shit, but still, like, in a major city when a lot. Like, Especially in a city like D.C., you look at it. There's a lot of smart people here. There's a lot of really intelligent people here. There's a lot of successful people here. You have here. a lot of options. A lot yeah. of options. Okay? There's a ton of options. Like, like, I would say, like, in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, there weren't that many. You know what I mean? Like... You didn't have as many There weren't options. as many options. You know, there's 100,000 people in the entire city. Like, that's not as many as 13 million people. Well, he says this, that other men are actually worse to each other. He says, uh, oftentimes I'd go to a party where it was majority maybe guys and a couple of women. But if I started talking to a woman, there was automatically other men who were interested in her, too. They plotted their strategies on how to court her. They fed each other intel on their encounters with her and how they could perhaps win her over. To them, she was an elusive catch who would require a unique strategy in order to capture her heart. I just wanted to get to know her and see if it was a match. But my peers saw her saw this as a competition that ultimately turned me off. Do you think that's true of was, men's dynamics? Was he hanging out the Jersey Shore? <laughs> no, it doesn't say where he's from. Uh, because I don't, I mean, I guess. I mean, if you go into a bar, yeah, if there's <laughs> one girl at the bar, clearly every guy is going to go talk to the one girl. You know, guys aren't like girls. Where if a girl goes, like, I think if you had... 50 girls in a bar and there was one guy, okay, you would have girls that were genuinely interested in that type of guy go talk to that guy, all right? But if you reverse it and you have 50 guys and one girl, all 50 guys are going to talk to the one girl just because they go, well, there's nothing else. Like, let's talk to that one girl. So you think it's his fault? Like, he's putting himself in situations where there's just too few women, so therefore, of course, the guys are all going to be competitive. And you got to, like, I mean, I'll tell you this. Like, there's no issue I have with, like, you know, something as random as, like, I've been all about, like, my friends are all about the friend date now. Where, like, the date, they go hang out with their friends. You know what I mean? So, like, they'll be out with their friends, and the other person will be out with their friends. They go, well, hey, our first date, let's just meet up as a group of friends, and we can all hang out. Well, that leads me to the other thing on his list. He says that often um, overused and outdated rules have become too much. So he says now the rules of dating have become so astutely followed that one mistake means the end of a meaningful relationship. And what he goes on to say by this is after you go out on a date with a person, maybe you follow follow up too soon. Maybe you follow up too late. Or perhaps an innocent slip of the tongue ruins your chances for a second date. I will he says say that people there's so are, many rules. People are so judgmental and there's so many rules now with dating. Why? Why do you think that is? Again, so many choices? So many, because they're going to have it, and someone's like, well, you know, he did this. Like, there's, like, I have friends of mine that have a rule, like, they can't, you know, if a guy takes a, you know, a guy can't take a number two at their house unless they're dating them. And so if a guy has, you know, wakes up in the morning and has to go, and she's, like, and she realizes it, that's, like, over for her. I do say, I have to say, I do have a girlfriend that wouldn't go out on a second date with a guy because the guy ordered a glass of white wine on a first date, See? and he felt people like have, that was... I, and I was people like, have ridiculous kidding? rules, and you can... And that's the thing, is you don't know the rules going in, and so as much as you try to be yourself, you really aren't being yourself. You're being what... You're being as much as yourself as you think they like. 
Right, 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 right. You know? That's why I'm all about the friends date. I think I think the issue is that you're showing up and it's usually mano y mano. Your first time with someone is one-on-one. Which the problem is, though, you are faking it. At that point, they're faking it. You're and I'm faking, faking it. And I've been in relationships with people for months before I realized that, oh, my God, I hate you. Like, and had we just, like, had I seen you in your real state, like, from the get-go, I would have never gotten into this. Um, so, and I think that's the thing. So, if you go out, like, with a group date, you're forced to be yourself. You're going to slip up. You're going to act normal. Right. Because you don't have the pressure of mano y mano. I've got a sneeze coming. Okay, okay. Do you no, need just keep on going. Oh just God. keep on talking. I feel like this could be explosive. It's going to be explosive. Does anybody I'm good. Have I just a... looked at the light. I'm good. I'm good. Okay. okay. I'm good. Uh, lastly, ah. he says that does that dating does not bring people much happiness. He says that the whole process of dating is absolutely humiliating, and he says that it's just so yeah, you know, exhausting. My, my happiest part. Of, yes, the happiest part about dating, at least to me, was going on all the like first dates and shit, right? Leaving the first dates, realizing I didn't like the person, and then just going straight to my favorite bar and, like, drinking with my friends. That was your favorite part? That was part. my favorite part of the date. <laughs> it was like I would go on all these dates, and I realized, you know what? It's just not there. Might as well go to the bar and hang out with my boys. He says that dating has become like running a business. Often some of his friends, and even he did in the past, you keep a spreadsheet of who you're talking to, who you need to follow up with. He says one date doesn't pan out. You're lining up a second one. He says the whole process is absolutely exhausting. Um, and anyway, he says that what he's doing now instead is he found a new found resolution uh, to do Discontinue dating. He says he's not bitter. Do you believe that? No, he's definitely bitter. If you write an article about it, you're bitter. And he said that he wishes anybody who is finding love all the luck in the world. But I decided to try something different, to live my life by learning new life skills, which become easier when I stopped focusing on dating. I made a list of things that always interest me, and I committed to them. I took an Argentine tango class. I learned to salsa dance. Um, and I'm studying for an upcoming career for an upcoming exam for a new career. I pursue my right and I plan to start stand-up classes in my downtime. Okay, so this guy has literally taken my... That's what I do. That's what I've always done. You've always had another... Ho- you've always had hobbies and... Sarah... you managed to date, too. Not, no, I mean, here's the thing. I think finally in the past, like, few years, I gave up on dating. And I go, I'm just going to focus on learning a bunch of shit, right? So, like, I traveled a bunch, you yeah. know... I learned how to bake on a full grand scale, you know, at a bakery. I worked, like, at a Michelin, you know, at a Bib Gourmand restaurant. Like, you know, I, I did all these random things just so I could learn. And they asked me, why are you here? And I was like, I don't really care about the money. I just want to learn this stuff. Because you can't really learn unless you get really good. I understand what this guy is going. He because says- then I'll tell you what, sooner or later, I got just all these random skills that I have and stuff. I finally just, you know, you finally just meet someone who's like... Well, damn, that's pretty awesome. Okay, cool. So you have, like, what skills do you get by dating somebody? You right, leave that relationship with nothing, right? And you spend three years, and none, you're going to say, but the emotional, you didn't learn anything. You really didn't learn anything because you're going to be back in a shitty relationship three months later. Like, Really? You don't think you learned stuff? I feel like I've learned stuff no, from that's relationships. No, tr- that's because you're trying to validate it. The fact is, had you spent three years honing a craft or taking a class on something, you could have come out learning Mandarin. You know what I mean? Speaking Mandarin fluently, but as opposed to now you're looking back and you go, well, I learned some emotional lessons from this guy, from this but relationship. Here's my question. What good is Mandarin if you're not, I mean, I guess you're just. I don't know. One billion people speak it. Okay. But then you're going through life like alone. You're not. But searching. you're not alone. You're seen alone. Like you do you understand that I'm sitting there like I'm not alone. I still had friends. I still hung out with people. I was never once alone. But as opposed to taking those two, three hours a day that you would focus on a relationship, right? How many, like, how much, how many hours a day do you focus on you and Dan's relationship? I would say two. Two hours. hours. Okay, like so two, two hours. hours a day. Okay, 
365 days a year, Sarah. Yeah. So you're talking about almost, you know, what, 800 some, like almost 800 hours, okay, that you could have focused on doing something else, you know? <laughs> you could have focused on doing something else, but instead you focus on that relationship, right? And I but think that when you take 800 hours, when you took 800 hours and you focus on the amount that you learn from a relationship in 800 hours is not equal to the amount that you learn from a craft in 800 hours. Okay. And that's where my argument stands. My thing is this. I feel like when you're in good relationships, they enhance what you're doing and they encourage you to do other things. Like, Dan encourages me to pursue my dream. Like, he helps me do that. Like, he... Will you know help me? But do you don't things. need that. Those what I'm trying to say. It's like you're, I think that you again. You're spending 800 hours a, a year, Sarah. But it's fun. We have a good time together. Okay, but that's fine then. But I'm telling you, this guy's completely valid in his argument though, because he's saying the amount of time I could spend, I could have dated for the last three years of my life and spent. 2,400 hours in these relationships, Sarah. Instead, I learned, you know, I learned how to salsa dance. I learned how to, what do you say, Argentine tango? Yep. He learned how to do, like, all this stuff. Like, okay, that stuff that he learned because he wasn't in the relationship. Do you think... Over my three years, I learned a ton more in three years of me being single. Not for me being single, but just because I had the time to do whatever the hell I wanted to and to learn and to read whatever I wanted to. I didn't have to worry about going to Friendsgivings or going away parties or like date nights and shit like that. You know what I mean? But now you're kind of in a relationship, right? Yeah. So you, do you like that better than being single? I mean, I think everybody does. Like everybody is seeking that partner. Sarah, I would be single tomorrow if I answered that with no, I actually preferred being single. Like, of course I'm not going to say that, but I think it's a different <laughs> dynamic. Like, you know what I mean? I right. like being in a relationship. I absolutely like being with her. But the fact is, though, I took that time to learn a bunch myself that I was kind of over. You know what I mean? Like, well, I literally, in, in theory, he, what he's saying is he went back to college and then he's out again. He spent three or four years single just learning and doing whatever he wanted to do to, that he never got a chance to learn on his own. And then he was back in real life again. I mean, I think the irony of it, which I've always... I feel like people have to date themselves, honestly. You have to know yourself to be in a relationship. Because Mm -hmm. if you've got your own crap figured out, then you're going to attract somebody with their own crap figured out. Yeah. So, I mean, I think the irony of his article is when you do focus on yourself, that's when you end up meeting somebody. Because it's organic. You meet somebody that you have something in common with. Or you meet somebody who also is burnt out with dating, but ended up pursuing Argentine tango. Yeah. I met him on a flight sitting next to him. Mm Mm-hmm. Did you guys do it the first how. time? No. That's no, a lie. He told me you did. He did not. He did. He, he would never he talk told about me. that. He was like, first time, knocked it out of the park. Yeah, right. Yep. He is so conservative and, and doesn't want to talk anything about no, our he told me it was missionary. He's like, I'm conservative. It was missionary, but I still did it. Not a chance. Um, hey, I feel like maybe we can help these, these women. You probably heard about the planned protest on the mall, the Women's March that was going to happen the day after inauguration mm-hmm. to essentially send a message to the Trump administration that women matter and, yeah. you know, we're here. Well, I'm curious to th- see your thoughts on this, but, you know, they've run into a snag. They've already had close to 200,000 women, men, anybody yeah. who wanted to participate, RSVP, but Park Services, a spokesperson, says that their application was submitted too late and therefore they do not have permission to march on the mall or from the Lincoln Memorial or near the White House on January 21st. That's Park Services saying, we want to see a riot. We want to. You think so? No, here's the thing. I think it's very smart of them to have denied their application. I think well, it's genius. Why? Because if it was a peaceful protest, if it was just them walking through, they had the application, they had the permits, they're walking through, guess who would cover that story? 
Well, I think a lot of people will cover no, 200,000 no, no, no. people. They're gonna, it's going to be a blurp, Sarah. It'll be a blurp, right? But now this is someone who's there that works at the Parks Department that hates Donald Trump more than anybody that is like, all right, guys, we're going to start a firestorm here. We're going to deny their application, knowing they're all going to show up anyways. And at that point, boom, just let it happen. Let it happen. Well, um, according to Park Services, the problem was that the women's organization put this this Facebook post out, which I've been guilty of doing that too, and essentially saying, hey, look, we're having this march. What they didn't realize is that there's already two other protests happening that day, including the Answer Coalition, the Progressive Independent Party, and People's Action group. So they're all having their own marches, which they have permits for. Oh, so what are you going to do? you going to sit there and have people wear badges? Be like, who are you here to protest with? Yep, yeah, no, you get out of here. You're not allowed you think on the mall. the women's group just joins that? I'm telling you, they're going to show up. This is genius. The, someone at the National Park Service hates Trump more than anything and is there setting this in motion so that it'll be a complete cluster. Okay? You're going to have people run into each other. It is going to be um, like, oh, gosh, I'm so glad I'm going to be gone for this. Well, I hope it happens because um, now they're trying to look for another location within DC, the D.C. area to oh. hold the protest, which where are you going to do it? I mean, the most impactful place is there. Um, yeah, because we're going to hold it in DuPont Circle. Just piss off all the locals that already are pissed off. Well, what I was going to say is, you know, we've had run-ins with park services, and I'm going to go there. I mean, park services is a nightmare to work with. I'm yeah, not they are a nightmare lie. to They're, work with. You need a permit, basically, to blow your nose on the mall. Like, it is so ridiculous, the amount of crap you have to go through to get this to get a permit. Like, yeah. we did Rock Your Bod there this past May. Oh, my God. Absolute nightmare. To try and host something. I don't know why anybody, after I went through that process, I was like, why would anyone bother? You can't give away anything. You can't promote anything. You have to buy your own trash bags that all have to be clear. You can't give away, you can hardly give away water. You can give away water if you disclose that it's absolutely for free. It's like, what the fuck? What am I charging people an extra dollar when you're not looking? Yeah. You have to hire a park police officer, which is another scam. And that's based on like every 75 people you have there, you have to pay hourly for another officer. It's like, wait a second, aren't you already getting paid? to do this like it's amazing yeah it's amazing the process so ladies i say do Just it in arlington up. i don't know if you've ever how many do, you, do it in roslyn girls no don't because no one's going to pay attention you go down the mall you do it there anyways they can't do it in national harbor they girls can't stop two hundred thousand people sarah let's do it all five park police that are hanging out by there are we going to stop two hundred thousand people yeah right I call him the Nozempic Ben-On-Ozempic doctor. I'm talking about Dr. Applin and his wife who founded My Optimal Body. I am so happy about this. These are the first mindful eating-based doctors I have ever partnered with. They see patients nationwide, and they are seeing more patients who have been on Ozempic, and Ozempic has failed for them. What makes My Optimal Body so unique, and why am I endorsing them? It's because Dr. Applin actually looks at food additives, your, your addiction to food, your mental health. They do a whole look at you, including your gut health. Many of Dr. Applin's patients are working out, restricting their diets, and still gaining weight. Why is that? Because something's going on in your body and with your mind. Visit MyOptimalBody.com to request an appointment. Be sure to tell them the Sarah Fraser Show sent you so you can qualify for a free personalized assessment, plus a bonus free 30-day supply of their gut repair product when you sign up for a customized plan. Again, that's MyOptimalBody.com to request an appointment. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Also, do you want them to actually have a like, have a protest? Having it in Roslyn would literally be like the worst. Like, no one... We'll walk across the Teddy Roosevelt Bridge. We'll shut that down, and we'll, that'll make a statement. Yeah, and then just stop I halfway think, through. Here's my issue with making statements. Okay, is your statements do not disrupt the people that you're trying to help. The people in D.C. were 93 percent Democrat, anyways. 93 percent super liberal. That trust me, anything that you think that you want, we want it way more. Okay, but when you come and you protest in D.C. and you go and you shut down the bridges and you do stuff like that, that only affects the people that live in D.C. It was a suggestion. Not the people that live, like the people I'm that really need to change. The march. Like North Carolina. Take this to North Carolina, all right? They got it. They need to get some shit changed over there. Like walk in, the there? St- walk in the streets of Raleigh and really get them upset. You know what I mean? Shut down traffic in Raleigh and show them. I just get so annoyed they always shut down our traffic. Like... Guys, well, we're not the ones that you're trying to protest. Like, the congressmen, they're not even in session. They're not even going to be here. I don't know if they're actually going to do that. Well, we'll keep you posted because I was planning on, I feel like we should be a part of it. I'll and be in Cuba. Partici- oh, that's right. I'll be right. in Cuba being Cuba. part of my own type of protest. Well, I love a good protest. Having I'll the last there. Cuban cigar you're allowed as an American. <laughs> Enjoy. You're like the last yeah. of them. So. Um, have you ever lost weight only to find that you're still insecure about your body? Like, have you ever gotten in the best shape of your life and then you thought, oh, hey, all my problems would go away. I'd get that dream job. Like, everything would happen. Only you lose all the weight and then nothing changes. Hi, Sarah. My name's Sammy. Um, I could be 400 pounds and I'd still think I'm the sexiest man alive. Like, I'm not... Your weight doesn't influence no, your... No, when I'm really skinny, I still think I'm fat. When I'm really fat, I still think I'm fat. When I'm... You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It doesn't really matter to me. Well, this is an interesting... I just don't care. I read this story and I was like, oh my God, this is, I feel like, half of my body image issues my entire life. But um, the article basically goes on to say that more and more people, whether you lose 20 pounds or 200 pounds, um, their mindset, and we're often taught through the media that once your body is transformed, your life will be too. That you'll automatically feel happy and secure and all those uncertainties will go away. They say the reality is, as they study more and more about weight loss, a lot of the reasons that people end up gaining the weight back is that self-love and body confidence confidence doesn't come when they reach their goals. They have all that same mental stuff, which I can totally relate to. Um, And you have to work through that first. So then when you lose the weight, 
you realize, hey, look, there's still going to be ups and downs. I'm still going to get setbacks in my career. I wish I'd known this before. Like, I feel like that's half my problem. Because you thought that you were going to get skinny, then all of a sudden your mental, like, your mental stability was going to change? I thought when I got skinny that all my career success would come. But, like, what I realized was it really doesn't matter what size you are because people, it's, the confidence is what people want. People want you to put it all out there because that's what everybody can relate to. They can relate to gaining weight, losing weight, the struggle of it. But I used to think, like, oh, my God, I'm never going to be, they're never going to put me on TV unless I weigh a certain amount. And you kind of realize once you figure out that that's not the case, then it all changes. I was going to say, have you ever seen James Corden? I know, I know. But look at that guy. It's yeah. all about the talent. He's it's confident. all about the talent. Uh, this article is really good, by the way, and it, it tells you, um, and it's why you still feel insecure even after getting in shape. You should absolutely Google it if you're there, because let me tell you, my body image issues, oh my God, that was my biggest problem. Why do I feel insecure even though I'm in really amazing shape, Sarah? I don't know why. I don't. I'm not an amazing, I don't, it's, I don't at all. I don't care. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't bother you at all? No. There's three questions that will determine if you're a mastermind. I want to give you this. Mastermind IQ. Go. I I did the first one, couldn't figure it out, so I think I'm automatically out. It's a cognitive reflection test that assesses whether you can identify that a simple problem can actually be harder than it first appears. It measures your ability to methodically and reflectively and reflective rather than jumping to an obvious conclusion. So here are the questions. All right, all right. Are you already Googling it? No, Sarah, I'm not. Okay, here. I'm going to close the computer. No, 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 you can't. Don't don't close it. Okay, number one. A bat and a ball cost $1.10 in total. Okay. The bat costs a dollar more than the ball. How much does the ball cost? Five cents. You're right. That was that super supposed, easy. Wait, you missed that one? I feel bad. I would have answered it slower, Sarah. So a bat and a ball costs one ten. If it's one ten, if the ball is and if the bat is a dollar more, then you realize that total it's going to be one plus a plus a equals one. You know what I mean? So you take that away and you realize it's five cents and five cents. There you go. That's what the a equals. So a equals no. The ball. I don't think I would have got That's that. That's algebra. I didn't know. I'd have to write it out. Uh, two, if it takes five machines five minutes to make five widgets, mm-hmm. how long would it take 100 machines to make 100 widgets? Okay, um, there's Five no machines, what? Five machines, five minutes to make five widgets, yes. right? If it takes okay. five machines five minutes to make five widgets. So how many would it take to make 100 widgets? 100 mm-hmm. machines, 100 widgets? Mm-hmm. Uh, five machines, five widgets. So if you have... I would never have gotten this. I don't know. It'd be like... I would have thought 100 minutes, which be, they say is the common wrong answer. No, it's not 100 minutes. It's going to be like... It's, I don't know. Like i got to write it. I don't know. 40? No. I know, right? You have to write it out. It's, uh, five, it's five, five, and five, right? So five machines, five widgets, five minutes. Yep. And then they have 100 machines, and they want to make 100 widgets. Right. Okay? So it'll take five minutes. Um, let me see. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Okay. You're two for two on this. Yeah. Sorry. I just have to repeat it in my head, but five minutes. Five minutes. There you go. Okay. Last one on the list. Con- um, hold on. Last one on the list. Uh, in a lake, there's a patch of lily pads. Mm-hmm. Every day, the patch doubles in size. Okay. If it takes 48 days for the patch to cover the entire lake, how long would it take for the patch to cover half of the lake? Oh, my God. You've lost me. There's it takes no 48 days? How many days does it take again? In a lake... No, just the, how many days did it take to cover that entire lake? If it takes 48 days for the patch then to cover the... 47. The answer is 47. Because it doubles every day. So 47. Yeah, you're right. Common wrong answer is 24 days. Correct answer, 47 days. 
You can put yourself down as a mastermind IQ. Boop, boop. There you go. That's amazing. Well, no, it's just like, I feel like I deal with a lot of, like, I've... I also feel like I deal with a lot of logical breakdown stuff. Like, I'm really good at audio stuff. The reason I run the boards and shit here is because a lot of it's just like, it's always going to go wrong. I have to understand, okay, what's the most logical explanation? You just learn to break it down in your head. I don't know. That was really amazing. And they always try to get you with, they always try to confuse you. A lot of these stories, they just confuse you with a lot of information you don't need. All you know is it says it doubles every day. When was it half that size? When did it cover half the lake? Well, if it doubles every day, then that means just the day beforehand it was half that. Well, they just try to confuse you with well, a lot of info. they confused me. I was like, are you kidding? I would, never, I would never figure that out. I would get all those wrong answers. So, anyway, good thing we have a Mastermind IQ on the show. Great. Can't wait. Um, you know, lots of people always email us for advice. You can always email Sarah at HeyFrage.com or Sammy K at HeyFrage.com if you want to um, ask us your advice question. And people always have really fascinating things. I'm always, like, interested in people's stuff and what's going on. Um, did we already do this one? The woman who wrote to us and wanted to know how often married people should be having sex. Um, she says, hey, Sarah and Sammy, my husband and I have been married for a little over a year. My husband swears that most couples have sex every day for at least 30 minutes if they don't have kids. And every we, day for 30 minutes? And we don't have kids. If you're married, okay? My husband even believes there are women who work out, they have sex for 30 minutes, go to work, and have families. I would be curious about your thoughts. Are his expectations ridiculous? So if you're married for over a little over a year, no kids, do you think it's realistic to have sex for 30 minutes every day? Well, shit. How much am I supposed to have sex if I'm in a relationship? <laughs> well, wait, wait. You're just in a relationship. No, Aren't you saying, guys having like, sex much, like multiple times a day? In a relationship, you're supposed to have... I don't know. I'm asking you. That's, that's the question I'm asking. Well, for me, when you're first in a relationship, you're having sex like at least five times a week. If not, you're having sex like a couple times in that day. A couple down, a t- couple times a day. Yeah. Okay. No, I'm just curious. But then, as it goes on, it slows down. Then it slows down. So you're saying that it shouldn't slow down to the point that by the time you're married and don't have kids, it should still have only slowed down to the point that it's seven days a week, I mean, thirty I, minutes a night. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna I think throw thirty out, minutes is long, don't I'm, you? Yeah, it's really long. Like, How this, about ten? Okay, I'm also ten gonna, minutes a day. I'm gonna throw this out there too. Back to the whole thing about relationships and wasting your time. If you're spending 30 minutes a day, okay, that is what? 180, 182 and a half, you know, hours a year that you're wasting. Like, you could easily learn how to knit or crochet or, you know what I mean? Like, you could learn a new, a new oh, hobby. Awesome. You could learn how to sit there and, you know, make Thai food or make fresh bread. I don't know. You could learn so much in that time. So you, for you, it comes down to the time you could be doing something else, not That's the passionate lovemaking of 30 minutes I'm a day. I'm just saying that at this point, maybe they don't have the time because he's not. Like, I look at, when I look at my friends and they go, oh, we have sex every day. That's also because like, they split everything 50-50. You know what I mean? So like, they're both working. One drops the baby off. One drops the baby off. At, you know, one drops the kid off in the morning. One picks up the kid in the afternoon. They switch off making dinners. They switch off cleaning. And like, it's always, like, they're always such a team. That they always have two hours a day just to sit around, like an hour a day once the baby's in bed, just to sit around and like watch TV. You know what I mean? Ah, uh, got Which it. I think, so maybe the issue is, is if, yeah, be like, all right, you want to have sex? You want 30 minutes? Well, here is 30 minutes of work I do every day that if you could do this for me, then I could have those 30 minutes free to and let you plow be- me out. Yeah. <laughs> First of all, I'm going to say this. I think it's unrealistic to do 30 minutes every single day. Even if you don't have kids, I mean, I'm. I think it's. I think there are definitely couples that have sex every day, but I think like five to ten minutes is plenty. I mean, I'm with you. I mean, thirty minutes 
You could be doing a lot in 30 he's, minutes. He's not that into you if it takes him 30 minutes. You know what I mean? Like... You think too much is going on there? Too much is going on in his mind. Or maybe he's got some issues. No, I think it's ridiculous. I'm going to go with, are you voting ridiculous? I'm going to say that, you know, I think that what you should do is say, you know what, babe, that is completely valid. <laughs> but unfortunately, these are 30 minutes of chores or 30 minutes of things I do every night. That unfortunately, if I to take those off my plate and you could do those for me, <clears throat> then that's 30 minutes a day that I could, you know. And that's easy. You give him like the really difficult chores that take like an hour a pop. <laughs> then he gets tired. Then you're then down get to like tired the ten and now minutes. You're good. That yeah, you and want. then he realizes, oh, well, I'm tired. And I was like, now nah, you realize what I'm going through. I don't think there's anybody either too that has once they have children. I would be fascinated if anyone's listening who has kids who has sex every single day. Uh, Is that like no. even possible? I had a friend like I had a friend like growing up that was a really good friend and. I walked in on I walked in on her mom having sex like so many times. Let alone how many times she walked in. Like they what? She was she how had old sex. Were you? You were hanging out at this friend's house and like, you walked in on the mom and I think dad. When I first met her was like I was whoever? like eleven. Yeah, I was like eleven when I first walked in, and then like I hung out with her until I was eighteen, and I constantly or you'd hear her moaning or like you'd see her just like walk in the bedroom, and then like you just the door would close, and you'd be like, dude, they're banging. It's the middle of the day. It's like three in the afternoon. I'm trying to watch, you know, even Stevens. Oh my god. Email us if you're actually married with kids having sex every day. That's amazing. How do you do it? How long? Do how many details? kids do you have, and how do you stop them? Okay? Because that's my thing, is I would get scared. Once I'd pop out one, I'd be like, oh shit, every time I do this, this is what happens? I am frightened. Uh, I feel like this could be a perfect match for us, but a company reached out to me and wanted to know if we wanted to advertise the bosom buddy on our show. Like the Tom Hanks movie, Bosom Buddies? <laughs> no, no. It's, um, I had never heard of this, but it is a breast pillow. And this pillow is supposed to prevent you from getting wrinkly cleavage. Oh, God, um, too late. So they wanted to know if we wanted to post on our Instagram. Um, and then also what it would cost to do a, which by the way, you know, we'll take any advertisement. So I think we should do this. Um, but I'm not sure that our audience is at the age where they want this breast pillow. It, here's what it looks like. And you're supposed to sleep at night with it. So you don't get oh, wrinkly in between. Boots. Okay. Now, wait, there's this girl that I used to like see back in the day that, um, they were like quite large. And she would actually sleep with a sports bar on and then like shove oh. like and shove like a little pillow or like a t shirt or something in the middle. And she would just do that to, so she already was doing the bosom buddy before. I think women like you don't have large cleavage Sherry. Like you know See, what I mean? Like, I was gonna say that. I don't really have big boobs, so I don't know what like, it's like. I know definitely girl like millennial women that are, you know, more endowed that would definitely love something like that. She says that the breast support bosom buddy breast pillow offers relief um, for side sleepers. It will um, provide Prevents you from developing wrinkles or creasing in the upper chest. Helps if you're pregnant or breastfeeding. Pre-post breast reconstruction or augmentation. Pre-post breast reduction. And it helps with upper back and neck pain. Yeah. I didn't even know this existed. I mean, I'm thinking... Like, and you do have like, to sleep with a... T- you're right. Like, not really like a... If I had like 5 to 10 pounds just sitting there and pulling down on my body all day long, like, like that would... Yeah, that's got to hurt after a while. So I actually would say that, yes, I think that as a service for our listeners who are more... Well-endowed. Well-endowed. That we should definitely... All right, I'm going to write her back. I was like, okay, this would be interesting. <laughs> Bless you. Oh, God. Oh, God. Sorry, that was your shoe. Oh, do you want to? Do you want to go get a Kleenex? <coughs> Too late. In my hands. Let's go. Keep on rocking. All oh right. God. Now it's on my pants. Oh okay. God. Oh. We gotta get a box of tissues. I feel like that's the. Okay. What? What? Was that How not a good endorsement? endorsement? How about this? Yeah. Endorsement? Does Alka-Seltzer cold and flu want to endorse me as well? 
Yeah, please. Please, please, please. Oh, my God, but he's tearing up. Because it was a hard sneeze, Wow. Sarah. It was a hard sneeze. By the way, I tried to sneeze with my eyes open yesterday to see if, like, your eyes would pop out. You know when they tell you that growing up as a kid? They're like, don't sneeze with your eyes open because the pressure will make your eyes pop out. I thought it was impossible to do that. Like, I tried to yesterday, and it was really, like, it hurt more than anything, but it didn't really work. You almost could actually sneeze keeping them no, open? No, I tried to, and then, like, I tried to force it open so much that I ended up sneezing and it just hurt more than it should have. So, I'm Yay, fine. thank I don't, God. I'll take, one. I'll take one. I'll take one. I'm just going to wipe off my own body here. Uh, that was like, too much. Definitely a lot of sprayage. <laughs> I thought of you and this woman. Have you been obsessed with this 117-year-old uh, woman in Italy? She's uh, the oldest woman in America and the last to be born in the 1800s. Is this not amazing? 117. I have. I didn't even know that existed. Do you want to live to 117? Absolutely not. You Absolutely. So. No, at that point, like, you have lost control of your body <laughs> halfway through your life. You know what I mean? If she's 117, she could not control her own bodily functions at 60. So she has now lived half her life, over half her life in diapers, Sarah. <laughs> I don't think that's the case. I think she says that she was actually pretty upright and functional until about a couple of years ago. Now she's really slowed down. And the hard part was when they did the news story on her, like, you know, she's got no teeth left at all. So things are really beginning to sag. Yeah. It was, that was kind of hard to watch. She gums everything. Emma Monroe is her name. She's the oldest person. Monroe was born November 1899, four years before the Wright brothers first took to the air. Is that not insane? That's awesome, actually. That's when you're born, and you see the evolution of all that? I mean, sure. Or at this point, you're like, oh, my God. Or do you think, like, everyone I know is gone? Like, well, everyone that was around, like, think about it. The, the, like, right now, she can look back and she can wake up today and say, I am the only person that was around on the day that I was born that's still here. Actually, the interview with her was kind of sad. She says, my life wasn't always easy, is what she told news outlets. Um, yeah, and then she had to live that life for 117 years. That's shit. She says she worked in a factory until she was 65. Um, she also went on to say her first fiancé said that um, you're going to marry me or I'll kill you. Okay. She ended up marrying him. They had a son together, but divorced a couple years later in 1937. She says she thinks she's one of the first people in Italy to ever get a divorce because he was abusive. It was, kind of, it was really sad. Wow. Monroe lives alone and has outlived all of her eight brothers and sisters, including one who lived to 102 years old. That's amazing. By the way, I thought of you on this, though, because I thought if there's someone that's going to live to 117, it might be you. Oh, God. She eats no uh, fruits or vegetables. She eats uh, one to two. She used to eat two raw eggs a day and one fried. Now she's down to about one raw egg. She says that helps. One raw egg a day. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, I well, no way. Those are fresh eggs, though, Sarah. She's not getting, like, eggs that have been washed and then shipped across the country. She's getting one right out from the chicken, Dude, cracking yeah. that open it's and still then got like taking the, it in. Still got all that, you know, slime on the outside to keep it fresh. <laughs> gross. That's what eggs are. Okay, it's not gross. It's natural. I know, but I don't want to think about it. But it worked for her, so there you go. Um, I found this so interesting because I think it's a great concept. You know, I'm earthy. I love like all natural. And mm-hmm. um, what do you think about having a scatter garden? Which would be a public area, much like a cemetery, but it would be a place where if your relatives or you wanted to be cremated, you could put your ashes there, and then people could come. It would be, you know, they would plant trees and flowers and have benches, but it would mostly be people scattering their loved ones' ashes. So they're all in one little area. Yeah. This is pretty amazing, because this, if this passes in Tacoma Park, Maryland, it'll be the first one in, it, in the country. 
I mean, fine. At least it's somewhere. Because I find that, I mean, there's got to be, look, back to park police. They probably deal with people trying to go in there and dump ashes inside the, uh, like, inside the, um, what's the pool called? The, um, oh, the reflecting pool? The reflecting pool? pool. They probably have people there trying to dump ashes by Lincoln all the time. You know what I mean? Like, and no offense, but, like, I personally don't want to be there and have your dead mother, like, at the reflecting pool. I don't want to have ocean. your dead mother's ashes come in my face. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want... No, that sounded weird. I don't <laughs> want to have them sit there and, like, you know, be blown in my face. Like, you know, because it's wind. Like, when you're dumping there, it gets carried in the wind. Right? And, unfortunately, that means I'm going to breathe it. If you're doing it in a high population area, that's pretty messed up. It's one thing to be in the middle of a field somewhere. You know, I guess. Right, and, but. and releasing them there. Well, um, uh, one woman is advocating for it, and she has lots of supporters, and she says that that's kind of it. Is People right now all across the country are leaving people's ashes everywhere, whether it's a, a park, an ocean, and it's kind of a don't ask, don't tell sort of thing yeah. with park police. But this would be the first park of its kind where you would be able to go. And she also says once you scatter people's ashes, lots of times people forget. Like if you go to the ocean, you don't really know the exact spot. Spot, yeah. So this way, people could leave them, have their own burial customs there, and then come back and visit the area. I think this is a fabulous idea. I mean, it's genius. Oh you God. only have so many plots you can fill in a cemetery. Now, if they're all dust, you can fill as many as you want. <laughs> I know. could put a lot of people in a that scatter people in there. garden. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, some people are objecting to it as more and more metropolitan areas have limited space. Um, it would be like, where's the plot going to be? Who's going to pay to maintain it would be the biggest thing. But I would think it would be like a cemetery. Somebody could have, if you own, own the own land. It. Yeah, you just yeah. go, you put some trees in there, you know, put some vines. For $20, people could just scatter their loved ones. Here you go. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, she's envisioned a 1,000 or so square foot of one city's existing gardens as a simple wall where you could put names of people who have passed or plaques and maybe a path with benches. Residents would pay a modest fee to cover the cost of engraving um, and have it registered by the, the city. I love this idea. I, think I mean, this yeah. Is great. I think it's way, I mean, I think the notion of a graveyard is pretty archaic. I mean, there's, you know, there's only so much space. Well, right. That's the thing. You're running out of space. And then now it becomes this whole, like, well, that's wrong. You can't just go and dig those people up. It's like, yo, they've been there for 300 years. They aren't even there anymore. Like, you know, there's nothing left anymore there. I know. People that were buried in 1800, 17. It's like, it's interesting to read their gravestone, but then there's nobody alive, really. There's Yeah, and it's not, I don't know, it's just taking up space. That would be amazing. Anyway, um, we'll keep you posted if it becomes the first of its kind here in uh, Tacoma Park, Maryland. I think it's a fabulous idea. Wish we owned land. We could start our own. Um, you can. Would you like to start one in Roslyn, Sarah? We can take it from there. We I don't can... own anything. Uh, they've already raised ten dollars to $50,000 to buy the plot of land. Uh, I don't see us campaigning for that. Um, also, our next live show. If you can believe it, we are about to be one. We're about to be a year old. That's great. Uh, December 9th is our next live show. DCimprov.com. If you want tickets, we're close to being sold out. Um, show starts at seven thirty, and it's some of our favorite things. Mm-hmm. You got any favorite things that have happened over the past year that you are going to bring out oh, at this party? I thought you meant actual things. I was going to be like, yeah, whiskey, <laughs> weed. Okay. I don't. I don't know if you can give that away at the improv. 
We could have some shots of whiskey here, though. I'm going to have a shot of whiskey for show. Okay. Um, i got to think of, like, I have a lot of things that were my favorite highlights of the year. I just got to really put them together. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's a lot of good stuff that I want to talk about. Oh, my God. There's so many. By the way, we're going to do deep thoughts from the men on Tinder or the Tinderellas live in person. Um, Paul Wharton's going to be there, who is a fan favorite, so we'll have him. And um, he's already informed me of what he wants to talk about, and it's so inappropriate. What does he want to talk about? So, <laughs> so there's no way it's going to be more inappropriate than him last time. And you know what I'm oh, talking about. about. Who he don't even don't, Yeah, I was going to say, do not mention it again. That but, was such a great story. Okay, that's, there's no way that whatever he's going to tell us is going to be more inappropriate and possibly get us in more trouble than that. Um, I'm going to go with this is actually, yeah. Because he called me and he wanted to know if he could tell this sex story live at the show or if I thought this was too much. And when you hear about what happened to him sexually I or what he did. No, he's, th- he's sharing the story. There's no way it's going to get us in more trouble than Amoroso. There's no way it's going to get us in more trouble than almost getting sued by, you know, a major publication. Okay? There's no way it's going to get us in more trouble than he's already gotten us in trouble with before. Actually, yeah, you know what, Paul? does cause trouble. Every time we have him on or somebody he's associated with, we always end up we almost always, getting sued. Always. So I'm telling you, bring it on. Let's let's have him on the store. I can't wait to hear the story. Um. Anyhow, so he'll be there December 9th. It's a 7.30 p.m. show live here at the DC Improv. If you haven't been yet, it's pretty epic. Um, and DCimprov.com for tickets. I wanted to play... Are we done? It's up to you. I got, well, like, I got time. Okay. Um... This is kind of last minute, but I wanted to see if you could pull up the phone call because, you know, there's that ongoing debate how we don't know how to say um, Paolo Kulo. Kohol. Kohol's last Yeah, Mr. Kohol is what you're talking about. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, we, got, we have a phone line, so you need to call us and you can weigh in on any of the topics. If it's easier for you to do that than it is to actually leave a, uh, or an email. And the phone number is 207 207- Six one three six six nine five, and uh, the Alchemist is a, a book that I I'm a fan of. I like the book. Not everybody does. Some people find it. Uh, really that's the cheesy. first message, right? I think it's the first message. Yeah. But we had a woman call us to try and tell us how to actually pronounce the author's name. Take a listen. Hey Sarah. Hey Sammy. It's Erica. I've been following you guys for quite some time now. And I'm actually Brazilian-American, so I figured I'd come on here and leave you guys' message if you haven't figured out by yet how to pronounce Paul's name, yeah. uh, the Brazilian artist that Sarah kind of struggled through last mm-hmm. week. So his name is Paulo Coelho. 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 <laughs> you don't say it. But, um, so, yeah, so hopefully you guys got it. So Sarah is Coelho. Okay. Coelho. Love you guys. Bye. All right, say too. it now, Sarah. Coelho. Paolo Coelho. 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 <laughs> you just called him Paolo Coelho. It's less than 20 seconds after someone told you how to pronounce it correctly. I got to see it right now phonetically. I don't know. Erica, we love you. Thank you for calling. 207-613-6695. You can weigh in on the show anytime. All right, that's it for today, folks. We got to let Sammy go. He's tired. I'm good. Let that little guy go home and rest. Mm. Rest up, little guy. So much more to come. You're talking to me or my penis. <laughs> I'm Sammy. Why that's little you? guy. Oh, that's okay. little guy. Yeah. Oh. Double littles. Bye, little, Sarah. Little. Bye. <laughs>
School shooting, Russian drone. I'm Tim McGuire with an AP News Minute. Police in San Bernardino, California, say a man went into an elementary school classroom, shot and killed a woman, and wounded two students before killing himself. Police Captain Ron Moss says it does not look like the students were actually targeted. We believe the two children were the unfortunate recipients of injuries by being in proximity to the female at the time of the incident. The two are listed in critical condition. A senior official says the U.S. is certain Russia knew in advance a serious chemical weapons attack last week. The official says it took until today to confirm a Russian drone was flying over a hospital, treating those injured in the attack. Hours after the drone left, the hospital was bombed by a Russian-made jet. New Supreme Court Justice Neil Gorsuch says he's proud to fill Antonin Scalia's seat. I won't ever forget that the seat I inherit today is that of a very, very great man. I'm Tim McGuire.